Nobody here has ever had a bad result. Nobody has had a, a client react to a side effect. Your arrogance here is breathtaking. You take no responsibility. For her body's reaction to a medicine. It only just came on the market. She has come up in a number of my sessions as well. It's become a part of the environment here. We have clients who were afraid to take their medications. We have the state board here. It's on the nightly news. Look, I spoke with her lawyer and the DA. We worked it out. She's taking an NGRI. She's going to hospital for observation. It's behind us. It's all going to go away. Bullshit, John. It is splashed all over you. It's going to follow you around forever. If you're watching this, it's Travis, Eric, and Michael here coming at you. And it's episode 171 for those of you that are on the audio side of things. Hello. Hi. Nice to be here. We're going to do side effects today. That is the movie of choice that I selected many moons ago. Steven Soderbergh directed film. We'll cover that shortly. Of course, we got to do our quarantine viewing pics. Got to say hello, all that stuff. Cinnamon iPod at gmail.com. Five-star review. Subscribe to YouTube. Follow us. Blah, blah, blah. Travis. Hi. Good evening. It's late very late by my standards it's not by most of the world's but it is by mine <laughs> yeah it's uh 8 53 eastern time on a tuesday night and actually yes uh so we've moved to tuesdays now the guys were very kind i asked if we could do tuesday nights and they agreed so hopefully on a normal schedule you know we'll be releasing the episodes no later than wednesdays uh, going forward so that's actually a day earlier in the week which would be good news for people like our show eric yeah, whatever. What, whatever happened to Greg Kinnear? I've been thinking about this all day. Is, is he killed? <laughs> uh, I haven't heard anything. I saw him in that movie about the uh, patent with the windshield wipers that he got screwed on. <laughs> yeah, that's that quite a while ago. ago. <laughs> um, film. He's done some stuff since, but I think he's probably you know he's getting up there. He's probably like I've made my movies. Okay, I don't need to be out there if I don't want to. I'm, imagine. Okay. I thought I saw him in a trailer of some type recently. I saw a few trailers recently. I don't normally watch trailers, but I was so intrigued by them sitting there on my YouTube page, I had to click on them. And one of them was that uh, that upcoming, I know Travis has to be excited about this Nicolas Cage Nick movie Cage. about dreams. Looks great. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be right up your alley, Mike. It's a movie about dreams. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but the What's premise is... <laughs> yeah, there's already some clips in the trailer that are like... This is what Nick Cage wants. It seems like he wants a movie almost every time where he can just go to the limits of different characters in one film. And he's going to do that again in this film. So I'm excited. 
He's got that, I am too. that other one coming out too. Uh, something about the butcher or yeah. something. He's, he's got you know it's the case. He's usually got stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. It's usually good. Yeah, you, I mean it's a twenty four too, right? Isn't it? Am I right yeah. on that, anybody? Yeah, yeah. it is, so, and that's usually a good indicator. That is, that's an excellent indicator. I'm very excited, mm. and uh, so much so, will I see it in theaters? Yeah, I mean, let's not start sucking each other's dicks just yet. But you know, uh, I am excited to see movies, whether it's in the theater or at home. And quarantine viewing picks are part of that. And mm. as always, we like to share what we've been watching. And Travis, I assume uh, you got a few things to offer us, don't you? You know, I'm looking. I actually didn't really. For the amount of time that it's been, because what the fuck movie are we watching? Are we talking about? When did I watch this movie? Like a year ago? <laughs> yeah. no, no it's clue. called Side Effects. Uh, I already forgot it. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at this list. It's really not a... I, I've been mostly watching 30 Rock, honestly. I've just been blowing through 30 Rock. I, I Googled... I, I tried like two different shows that I'd seen before, sitcoms, and I actually ended up Googling like, what's a nice sitcom where the people aren't mean to each other? And uh, what I came up with was 30 Rock. So I'm like, all right. Because every time I, I try and watch something lately, I feel like it's just bickering. People, people being dicks. And it's like, oh. Aren't they dicks just... to each other on that show? And am I crazy? Y- yeah. And every sitcom, people, they're dicks to each other. But it's like uh, a little less so than some of the, you know. I try, I was trying to watch like um, Rules of Engagement and. Uh, <laughs> David some Spade? Other shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'd seen before. But like, that was, I was like, Jesus Wendy Christ. Wendy Malick? <laughs> they're just like digging into Spade's character. Like, you're a piece of shit. You're a worthless fuck, is like in so many words, and like the, the crowd's like, "Yes, we love it." I'm like, this is, this is not, this isn't fun. You might, you might have to uh, wow. back a while. Reno 911, Reno 911. I did the same thing. So, anyways, I did watch some movies Try though. I watched. Uh, speaking of um, Nicolas Cage, I'm still continuing to watch all of his movies. So I struck one off that it surprised me that I hadn't seen before. Um, Larry Charles did it. And uh, it was taken away from him and re-edited. But it, Army of One, where Nicolas Cage plays like the true life story of this dude that um, like made multiple attempts to find Osama bin Laden in Pakistan, like on his own, just like some American dude. And it stars Russell Brand as God, which feels timely given his uh, experiences in the news. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, this is a weird time to watch uh, Russell, Plan, Russell, Russell Brand play God, and I did. And you know what? He was unconvincing. Mm. <laughs> he was unconvincing. And Nicolas Cage made like, a real choice with the voice. I looked up like footage of the actual guy talking, and he just talks like a normal person. And Nicolas Cage, for some reason, is talking like this through the whole movie? It's really not not super great. Not super great, That's but it's bad. still good. It's still good because it's Nicolas Cage. Um, I checked out side effects. Um, <laughs> I did my Halloween decorations and I christened oh, the season with Hocus shit. Pocus. Because shit, uh, next week's you know. Halloween. Next week's October. This is yeah. the last. Yeah, it's coming. Damn it, it's coming. Right. It's coming. So yeah, Hocus Pocus was the one I chose to ring the year in with. And the only other movie I watched that I would actually recommend. I had said last what last fortnight, last month, whatever the fuck our last episode was, um, that I had not seen enough De Palma films that I had yeah. been knocking, you know, his stuff. So I'm like, well, I should probably watch some of his stuff that I hadn't seen before. So I checked out from 1978, The Fury with Kirk Douglas. Uh, I really enjoyed it. There's some really over-the-top moments in there, and it's kind of ridiculous in some places. But we even have, what's what's the, what's the guy who played the Phantom? He, he shows in. Yeah, Bill Finley. Finley. Hey! Yeah, he shows up for, for a hot minute. But, uh, 
you got you got Kirk Douglas with like a machine gun and stuff. You got <laughs> yeah. psychics. It's yeah. it's actually it's fun. You got um, gratuitous explosions for in a like in a seventies De Palma movie. It's it's fun. It was a good movie. I liked it. The Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Heard about it and I've never seen it. I would like to see it sometime. Maybe I will. I don't know. Perhaps you will. I, uh, I don't want to make any promises I can't keep. Please That's don't. why I'm turning it. Up. Yeah, well, turn it over to Eric. You're Eric, never. what have you been watching? Murder She Wrote. No. Um, what do, what Eric's been sick, by the way, guys. Yeah. By the way, we need to give Eric a round of applause. He's healthier. He's really struggling. That's why we didn't show that. So he's I also peed through the toilet, but he was way sicker. What? Oh my god. Um, what the hell did I watch? I sent you guys a picture of me with tears streaming down my face. Yes! And the film was um, Coco. Once Grandma starts singing that song at the end, it's game over. It's game over once Grandma starts singing. Beautiful film. Even I know that one. I saw that one like 40 times when I lived with Chudpud because when the kid moved back, that kid watched that movie every morning and I saw Coco like 40 times and I loved it. That's fucking fantastic. You know, I tried uh, John Carpenter's. i never seen his first film was made for tv right before we did halloween it's called somebody's watching me exclamation point um how was it never not seen good it not good yeah, i, I even so. rented it i paid the four dollars but it's like this oh. woman's getting like hassled by this guy who like keeps calling her like every five minutes and like that's all that happens like that that works in black <laughs> christmas because it's got atmosphere and energy but like this is just like she's sitting in her apartment and the phone just keeps ringing she's like hello and the guy's like <laughs> she's like stop calling here then that happens again like 50 times. Why do I think it's Shelley Duvall? Is it Shelley Duvall? No, it's Lauren Hutton. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh! I recommend it. Snaggletooth. Yeah, yeah, she's got that gap tooth, but she's still quite lovely. But the film's a, a snore. Um, riding the Bullet, man. I, I hit play. Mm, fun. I, like, oh, news of Stephen King I haven't seen. Granted, it's Mick Garris who could, can't direct. But, yeah, it's not good. It's not oh, really? good. It's really I've never bad. seen it. It's like, I've been meaning to watch it. It's like the worst kind of bad, with, with, with like mm. incoherent, like just so poorly put together. You just can't even tell what's happening. It's, it sucks because I love David Arquette. And, but, yeah, it wasn't yeah. good. Thank I, God Mike Flanagan has like picked up the torch for doing Stephen King stuff yeah. because, my God, all that Mick Garris, <laughs> all that work that Mick so Garris got, just like, yeah. why? Why is this it's happening? So I love his podcast. I listen to Postmortem like every week. It's, it's really fun, but like, man. Yeah, it's it just good. Sucks. Um, <laughs> Miss Congeniality? <laughs> I hit play. Oh! You're fucking sick. You need to feel good. You hit play. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. By the way, <laughs> uh, my stepmother, did I talk about this last time about uh, uh, while you were sleeping? Did I mention that? No, no. Oh, well, my stepmom and my father uh, just watched while you were sleeping when I went over there two weeks ago, and I talked about our episode, and they're like, oh, we really got to check that one out, because Sandra Bullock is just the bee's knees. They were very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, me and Travis did it right. We brought uh, honor to that uh, that fine film. That classic film. And finally, man, I hit play on Babylon. I endured the three hours oh! and eight minutes. <laughs> you guys watch this? Yeah. I no, I need to. I, watch it. <sighs> I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm definitely enduring it. I mean, it's a fucking <laughs> endurance test. It's exhausting. But, like, I can't shake it. I, I can't shake it. Like, I got to see this. There's great things. Like, Brad Pitt, like, it, it, this is, like, one of his best performances, and no one's even talking about it. Probably because he just won the Oscar and everyone was still high on Once Upon a Time. But, like, he's so 
fucking good in this movie. But like Margot Robbie is so fucking irritating. And she just does not stop her like Margot Robbie shtick where she's doing like crass jersey for three straight hours and it's like fucking <laughs> exhausting. But like I don't know, there's something about the energy of this, like the sheer audacity of this movie that I can't shake it. Can't I will revisit it. it because, I, yeah, it's there is a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is an endurance test. So it it, it makes it's kind of like that Three movie um, climax, the 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 horror movie yeah, about the people that, that do, yeah, where they do where they do acid against yeah. their knowledge and they're or yeah. and they're all like crazy crazy tripping it's just it's kind of like that where it's just like so frenetic and just non-stop mm-hmm. and there's like you don't really get, even the breaks from scene to scene they don't feel like breaks yeah, yeah. we should do that at the feast um <laughs> dose the feast <laughs> our, our yearly event um dose our friends against their knowledge that's a terrible idea let's not one do that. chance everybody gets together we ruin the whole weekend <laughs> great job i don't know man great I, job i recommend it i i'm interested to see what everybody else thinks because I don't know. There's definitely something there. I think there's like an hour and a half of a fantastic movie there. And then there's just a lot of Damien Chevelle, whatever his name is, just really Chazelle. trying too hard. I thought you loved really him. Really trying too hard. And it's redundant. You don't like love Halfway Chazelle? through, I'm like, well, no. they already did this 60 years ago, Singing in the Rain. And then they start talking about Singing in the Rain for like an hour. And I'm like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? And there's there is some scenes where it's just like this is so gratuitous. Like, why am I having to look at this? Why am I having? Like, why yeah. are you putting this on the screen? Like, this I gotta see a- this. You guys are really selling it. Yeah, you, got, you should see it, Mike. Because I don't know. Everyone I, yeah. I, I think I did like it. It was just a lot. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. My mom's got it. So if you have, if that's on there, I can watch it. Cool, man. I'm 43 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you can eat a chicken sandwich. What'd you watch? <laughs> well, uh, wanted to mention, and I was totally blindsided by it, but the writer strike the ended. Oh, yeah. no, I didn't. Yeah, that's, well, that's another story. But yeah, the writer strike's over. Um, yeah. Are we happy? They haven't released the terms still, as far as I know. Not that I've seen. Oh, really? So uh, okay. I'm happy that yeah. it's over, and I'm assuming that it's something that you know that they wouldn't have given up if. I, I hear they got what they wanted in protections, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Cool. Okay. Well, great. I I bring it up because I was watching these trailers, like I said, and then I was like, wait, there's going to be a um, a dearth of entertainment mm-hmm. eventually here? But no, oh, yeah, it's coming. Maybe won't be so. Oh, it's still going to happen regardless, even though they settled because right. we still got the actors on strike, right? So. La- well, and there's a lag to like the you know the, the stuff coming. <laughs> oh out yeah. The pipe. Right, that nothing happened for a while, and yeah, that's they're going to have to fill that hole. Uh, two things I saw when I was thinking about those trailers. Wait, hold on. <laughs> sorry, <clears throat> I know. Sorry. Podcasting. Two things. Podcasting. Two things I saw. I just want to mention real quick. I'm excited about on those trailers was the this new uh, show with Robert Downey Jr. playing like multiple characters, maybe, and it's like oh. about this undercover, uh, possibly North Vietnamese spy. Uh, and oh, it's right. Yeah, it does yeah. sound good. And it's like a very Vietnamese heavy cast. It's like the main mm-hmm. thing, which is really cool. Uh, made mm-hmm. me think like, wow, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in mainstream, you know, movies and stuff. So very excited about that. It's called The Sympathizer. Uh, I'm going to check that out. And then uh, Old Dads is a new Bill Burr movie, and he directed it too. And uh, I'm going to watch that on Netflix. It looks like cheesy and lame, but I'm kind of excited about it. So I'm not going to lie. Uh, but as far as what I watched... Beyond trailers, which I don't usually watch. Very strange. I'm like Travis. I don't like to watch trailers for movies I'm going to see for sure. I uh, 
I watched this movie called That's My Boy, which Jesus. is Adam Sandler and Andy yeah. Samberg. Fuck, it is. And this is one of the, this might be one of the most crass, this is saying a lot for Adam Sandler. This is absolutely his most crass and vulgar film of all time, of all of his films. And it opens basically, <laughs> he becomes famous, Adam Sandler's character becomes famous because he has sex with his teacher. And like, they really sell it and they go through it. And if this was reversed, I'm just saying, if it was a, a young woman and a male teacher and the way they go through the whole process of this opening bit in the film, it would never fly. It would never fly. It's baffling to me. This movie is fucking insane. It's insane. It was like the last gasp, I feel like, of like his really wacky comedies, like the, the full Happy Madison stuff. You know what I mean? Like, don't mess with the Zoltan and all that. You know, this like fucking yeah. Jack and Jill or whatever. That was all that stuff that was just way. And then it seemed like after that, he was kind of like, OK, I'm losing him. I got to reel it back in and like maybe, you know, do work with the safety brothers or something. <laughs> yeah, the even though grown ups movies are like pretty tame, right? Yeah, I think yeah, you, you make a good point. Yeah, but those are just vacations for him. Those are paid vacations. I got to get who that's true. Out yeah, there <laughs> I haven't <laughs> exactly. seen that one. Uh, yeah. uh, but I'll, Bob, I'll re revisit. It's it's like uh, anger management, though, right? Sandler and Jack Nicholson. I remember how excited I was, and then it was such mm. a letdown. You got Andy Samberg, who I consider like one of my favorite modern comedic talents in that's recent memory. Great. Yeah, and him and Sandler. And there are funny moments still, but like. It's just a fucked up movie. Even for me to say that, I, I can handle a lot. It's it's it doesn't it doesn't hold up. Anyways, uh, I also <laughs> want to revisit it though. I want to. I'm gonna revisit. <laughs> Please do. I, I ask, especially just for the fuck of it. If you like, you're hungover on a Sunday morning. It's a fine movie to throw on and be like, "Is this really happening?" You might question what reality <laughs> is. But another movie I'd completely forgotten about, and it doesn't. It's not one of Seth Rogen's more popular movies, but Observe and Report is a strong film. And I'd like to recommend that to people. I hadn't seen it in a long time. It came out, I think, in 09. And it's a, it's a weird movie, but like weird in a uh, entertaining and fascinating way. Like Michael Pena is off his rocker in this one. And it's got a lot of quality people. Ray Liotta's pissed the whole movie because Seth Rogen is, Seth Rogen is playing like this yeah. really, Bickle. it's actually about, yeah. Travis Bickle. Yeah. I was just I gonna say love, I deeply love that movie. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Was the second mall cop movie of that year? Yeah, was but it a <laughs> Paul Blart. Paul Blart just happened to be the same year, and there were nothing. This is this is fucking seriously. It's it's Taxi Driver with a goddamn security guard and, and a sense of humor. It is. I love it. It's a great movie. I did too, and especially now, like uh, commentary on modern day policing and where we are even after this movie was made which was 14 years ago it's really fascinating to see it and through a mental health lens it's a really yeah. entertaining but also like thought provoking and like will shock you with how it leaves you kind of yeah. like whoa this is this is heavy but really honest and true but then sure, there's right. like a crazy laugh moment also that gets thrown right. in it's, i've come like this close multiple times to bring it to the show and i just oh Oh shit! I'm sorry. Well, no, it's uh, okay. I mean, I didn't bring it. I should have brought it, but still can. That's right. You still could. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> I had never seen this movie. I watched The Super with Joe Pesci. Uh, it's such a stupid movie. So <laughs> dumb. So, I mean, you got Joe Pesci is pissed. He's a shitty slumlord. His father, <laughs> uh, Vincent Gardenia, is the father. 
and uh, God, this movie is so racist. And they're not really hiding that necessarily, but uh, it's a piece of shit film. It's it's got with a cliche. One of the, I wrote this down. I've been keeping track of like movie cliches, and it's got the cliche where like the white guy shows up to the party and starts dancing to win the black people over, and then they love him. This is like a modern movie cliche. I've seen this many times. It's, it's hey, all is forgiven. You can dance. We're having fun. Like what the fuck? No, very weird. So, yeah. Don't watch the super. So, all right. I, I won't. Okay. Sold. Good. All right. I've all seen right it. But I, don't, I don't need to revisit. No. Yeah. I, I really do. I'd be shocked if you found any value. All right. Let's get into uh, today's movie, this evening's film. I chose right. Side Effects from 2013, directed by Steven Soderbergh, starring Jude Law and uh, Rooney Mara and uh, some, Catherine Zeta Jones. Remember her? Yeah. yeah. yeah of course. And Channing Tatum. Um, and of course, the. The masterful Channing Tatum. Uh, Travis, had you ever seen this film before? No, I had not. Oh, wow. a rare stumping. Yeah. yeah. Never saw it. Just Soderbergh got to this point suddenly where he's just like, ah, let's make a couple, three movies a year. We'll just churn them out. <laughs> and it was around that time. I was just like, dude, I, I got other things going on. I can't watch every fucking <laughs> thing you put out. So That is funny. Yeah. That actually like, rings true, right? Personal favors for you to watch his movies. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna show, and I, you know, yeah, I was like, dude, like I know. Yeah. yeah, he did that movie about like a basketball player that I really wanted to watch, and I never saw it because he also did like the first movie that was yeah. shot exclusively on an iPhone, right? Like I couldn't yeah, keep track yeah. of all this stuff here. You're right, yeah. cranking them out. What about you, Eric? You ever see this one? Yeah, uh, I remember it came out like didn't it come out like a few months after the Contagion, so it kind of felt like no pun intended, but like a B side to Contagion. So I was like, it's two years oh, after. I think Contagion was, was 2011, it? but yeah, but it's they were two years close. apart. So yeah, it just felt kind of like a uh, appendage to that. So I'm like, all right, and then I saw it, and I'm like, because I remember the talk. I'm like, the talk was like, this is Soderbergh's last film. It's over after this, and like, it's oh Hitchcock yeah. And then that. I watched it. I'm like, Hitchcock would have threw this script out the window. But yeah, <laughs> and I haven't thought about it since. That's right. Yeah, he was going to retire. I do remember that. that. Then the very yeah. next year, he just made another film, I think. Yeah, instead of retiring, <laughs> I'll just churn out way more output. Well, I think it was Behind the Candelabra, which is fucking fantastic. Oh, oh like love, love that movie. movie. Love yeah, it. it's, oh my God, that's so such a great good. film. So good. Uh, yeah, it was Behind the, yeah, I think that was around this time. Yeah, he was pumping out a lot of movies, and I didn't see this one because so he kept pumping them out, and I just happened to watch it out of the blue about three or four years ago and I was like oh this is this is interesting I think it's interesting I don't remember how much I loved it or hated it I just kind of left like having questions and then I wanted to watch it again now to see if uh, this was a movie that I enjoyed or not because I love Soderbergh and mm. no it's not our first as you guys reminded me we did Out of Sight many many years ago um, I thought We're it'd be interesting so work you through your shit Mike we're gonna set the record straight did you like Thank it you. when you first saw it Thank you, Eric. Don't give up on me, Dad. Uh, what's the IMDb rating on this one, guys? It's Steven Soderbergh. It's got some heavy hitters. Uh, not very popular movie, I feel like, though. So, Never hear people talk about this movie. No. Uh, I'm going to say 6.6. .6. Yeah, yeah. 6.5? Yeah, I think like a 6.8 is what I'm going to go with. And it is 7.1. Wow. Wow. Okay. Cracks the We're sevens. All wrong. And that's with uh, 200,000 reviews, too. That's not nothing. That's solid. Nothing to that's shake a stick at. That's more than I would have thought it was. I will say mm. that. Uh, over on good old Rotten Tomatoes, where apparently they take bribes, but everybody takes bribes. Everything's a lie, <laughs> so nothing matters. <laughs> Don't sweat the small stuff. 
uh, as yeah. uh, what did Bobby McFerrin say? Something about don't, don't worry, don't be, worry happy. be happy. Don't worry. Whatever happened to him, man? Is he still alive? Anybody? He passed away recently. Oh, I'm sorry, Bobby. Uh, like the past year or two. I wonder if he ever saw side effects. Uh, 81%, <laughs> 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. 70% from the audience. So basically a dead heat with the IMDb rating. As far as the reviews, uh, I don't know if we'll get Destin on this one. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Might have been busy. Might have been busy. Uh, ooh, okay. How about this? This is from Inku Kang. Inku mm-hmm. Kang from Bitch Media. Uh, okay. Oh my. Not familiar with Bitch Media, but she does have a picture and like a top critic star. I don't know what that means, but it's supposed to be more relevant. She says, "Doctor Banks's battle against evil lesbian scheme hatchery sculpts him into a perfect husband, father, and doctor." It's surprising there isn't an epilogue to the film of him undergoing yet another transformation. This time into a saint or maybe Superman. <laughs> She's best. He yeah, does. she did not. She did not like it. That's correct. Uh, ooh, let's skip that one. Ooh, oh, how about a no, no. Uh, Rosalind Trihane, Battle Royale with Cheese. Uh, the film does work to a certain degree as a thriller, as there are a number of twists that are a complete surprise. Are they? Um. <laughs> Are they, or does Jude Law just like tell us what the twist is in a boring scene at a, at a fucking table? Oh, well, there might be some truth to that. I don't know, but uh, I'll consider it. Um, oh, Movies with Butter. Sarah Maria Vizcarendo from Movies with Butter said, courtroom drama, forensic thriller, romantic murder mystery. It's as if the prescription for genre side effects is more genres. Okay. Procedural, Eric? Is this a procedural? I haven't used that word in a while, or you haven't anyway. I know he hates procedurals, so I, I thought of that when she kind of no, talked about it. I hate newspaper them. movies. You're getting me wrong. I love procedurals. I hate newspaper films. Yeah, oh, I apologize. Yeah, paper? Fuck the paper. Oh, I love the paper. Ron Howard? Really good movie. Yeah, it's such a good movie. It's a really good movie. Normal I agree. I'm with Travis it's on that not, It's about nonsense. Uh, uh, no, Desson. How about uh, Ian Buckwalter of the Atlantic uh, said Soderbergh is less interested in making statements than he is in skillfully fulfilling genre expectations. Wait, I was thinking of the Post. I've never seen the paper. Continue with your nonsense. Oh, paper, nineteen ninety four. Ron Howard, Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. The Post is good too, though. I liked it. It, it is. Definitely procedural, though. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see any Destin Thompson though, so I guess uh, he was retired by that point. He remember he left for the Obama administration. Oh damn it! Uh, Richard Roper said on February eighth, twenty thirteen, Steven Soderbergh is one of our best and most versatile directors. Period. There you go. <laughs> Dynamite drop in. Thanks, Rich. Mm. So, uh, okay, so so you not nobody you'd never seen this movie before, Travis. So you weren't surprised. No surprises. Um, no, I, I felt like I mean. Right about the moment where I started to be like, hey, I wonder, oh, yeah, okay, they're just going to tell me. I'm not, I'm not going to have time to sit here and wonder if this, like, and ponder, like, oh, okay, this is, this is definitely what's happening. But, um, and then we have a lot of Rooney Mara staring, as we've discussed yeah. in the text thread. There it is. As there we discussed, it is. Just, just a lot of her just kind of dully staring at things, yeah. which, by the way, um, you know, you guys know this, and people that know me know this, but uh, I, my, I named my dog after Rooney Mara. Um, because of 
Oscar reasons. It was the night mm-hmm. I found her. It had nothing to do mm-hmm. with, with the actor herself. So it's been oh. really weird talking about Rooney Mara so much because to me, Rooney Mara is, you know, my deceased dog. Uh, but n- but now after watching this, Rooney Mara has again become an actor also in my mind, staring vacantly into space. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that's a, maybe that's truly why Soderbergh was ready to retire on the set. Rooney Mara was like, what, what do I do? Give me some direction. He was like, I don't know. Look over there. Just, just look <laughs> over there. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, these guys, I mean, we haven't done this. We did this movie. I picked it almost two weeks ago. So I got several screenshots in our text thread for both these guys of Rooney Mara yep. staring in this film. Lots Listless, of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Um, I thought it was... Surprises? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like telegraphed. Everything's telegraphed in this film when it comes to the story. I mean, you got a you got a doctor who's you know uh, better living through chemistry, right? He's pounding his energy drinks, and they also drop a little nugget mm-hmm. later in the movie when he's like begging for an Adderall script from the guy he used to work for because mm-hmm. he needs it to focus. It, clearly, there's things that get thrown in this movie that are like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And it's not everything's spoon fed in this film, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's that moment where he's having sex with his wife, and he's like, "Whoever invented this drug, which he's not supposed to be taking recreationally, is going to make a million. Is going to be rich." And, and then the you know the best moment of the movie, I thought, or one of, was certainly when it's explained in a very patient like conversation with a, a, a patient and her doctor, where he's like, "Yes, yeah, so I get paid to offer these drugs to people, and you can have these drugs for free." She's like, oh, this is wonderful. Let's get on these drugs. Like, okay, yep. I get your commentary. Yeah. Also, does this movie, is this movie a, maybe not positive, but as far as, you know, mental illness and mental health, it's more important than it's ever been. It's more in the mainstream than it's ever been. This movie's very much about that, but what you have here is somebody who exploits uh, the, the whole scene, right? That's Rudy Mara is lying it's she's faking all this shit in cahoots with uh dr what's-her-face right they're the villains so that's what they're doing (laughs) yeah but half hour i'm like watching this i'm like i'm on board i'm like i'm getting uh aaron brockovich i love that movie and for a second i forgot it was soderbergh but like he's coming back to the table with uh the problem with the major industry and what it actually does to real people and you know i suffer from depression and i I never had any side effects from my Lexapro. If anything, it's done really well for me. But I was really feeling for this woman, and I was liking what the film was kind of doing. It was kind of telling a story for people that kind of needed to hear these things until it became like the fucking Red Shoe Diaries, and I was pissed. And it just became exploitive to the topic for me. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. And beyond that, even more exploitive because there's just nothing like watching a film released in the past decade, even that the villains are the only gay people in it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay, we're doing that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're doing that. And, like, <laughs> and, it's, and it's Soderbergh, so he doesn't really even know what to do with the gay people. I'm like, like Adrian Lynn, like Verhoeven, like they would at least made it like. Like fun, it may not be the best word. Just like like sleazy in like a popcorny way. It's this is just like tepid. There's zero chemistry. It's like watching a potato next to a cinder block. Oh, you think between Zeta Jones and Mara? Yeah, there's just. I mean, there is not a moment where I believe there's any lust or attraction or yeah. interest yeah. or affection 
zero chemistry between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not together that much on screen in the movie either. I mean, we sure, you know, but they are supposed to be like sexually involved, and like Zeta Jones's character is supposed to be yeah. like kind of sort of head over heels about her, and there's all this. This is a huge plot point. So when it yeah, when it gets revealed, to galvanize the entire story. Right, it just sits there. Right, it's no nah, unconvincing. Yeah. I thought that. Uh, you know, Zeta Jones, she expressed a meaningful uh, passion for uh, Mara's character. I thought she did. Especially when she bags uh, Jude Law over the head with her purse and she's pissed because she wants to be with her. I, I bought that. I thought it was convincing, but I guess I'll have to reconsider how much I took their relationship together as having any chemistry or not. It didn't stand out to me the way it does to you guys, So, but I'm in the minority. That's fine. So. It happens. It does. Yes, it does. It's always got to be there. But, Eric, you're right. It's so many great points here about the medical industry and therapy in general and the whole existence of it and how it's looked at and stigma. Like, I mean, and this is also set in the hoity... It sucks that it's in the hoity-toity world, too, I guess, because this is already going to be people on airs, right? And so it's not... Mm -hmm. It becomes less real to me a little bit, I think, now that I'm saying it out loud, because... If this was like uh, middle class or lower class people, they wouldn't. Yes, people still put on faces, right? And imposter syndrome and all that shit is real for everyone. But uh, it just it loses a little bit of its edge for me because it's set in this high class world where Jenny Tatum's a scumbag ripoff artist, or else he ripped off somebody, or Not someone ripped him off. Uh, yeah, I guess that loses it for me a little bit. Channing Tatum. I had to go to a, Wikipedia to like figure out like is he supposed? I, I did. Let me get this straight. Let me go to Wikipedia. Is he supposed to be like a prominent like, in, like investment banker that like played like I uh, did did the insider trading because I didn't get that at all. Like at, at all, he's just not believable in this role. No, and also like I'd be really concerned about Channing Tatum in prison for like four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's real minimum security. You know, it's not the hardcore stuff. Resort. Yeah. Yeah. Having fun, right? White collar crime. White collar crime, man. Ain't it the bee's knees? I don't know. (laughs) Remember, (laughs) uh, who could forget love and other drugs? Man, that that forgot. Did I pick that right, man? You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I do like this stuff because we got a real moral quandary here. We got Jude Law, who is, he's not just an asshole that's slinging pharmaceuticals. He's... He's in a tricky situation. He's got a family he's trying to take care of, so he needs this extra income to, to supplement things. So, you know, that's a big reason why he's taking on this consultation job. And they kind of hint that he's giving her these drugs because he's got blood running through his veins and he feels sorry for a pretty woman. And he's trying to, like, you know, help her for personal reasons. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on in here until it becomes a Young and the Restless. I thought that the whole thing about the um, the former patient of his was handled pretty well, where she made the accusations mm-hmm. that they had mm-hmm. had an affair. Yeah. And so you really yeah. don't know by the end of the movie if he had really had an affair with her or mm-hmm. or not. And and you could easily see it have got like it could easily be either way. I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah. And I also realized that I didn't take into consideration that Mara's attractiveness or beauty was influencing Jude Law like the first time I saw it. I I, I absorbed that a lot much more this time around. I would You're say thinking that. Like, oh, he's he's a doctor. He's going to be professional. Yeah. <laughs> I took it at face value. I was right. an idiot. Oh, my. So, Come but on. I know. Up, yeah, but 
Hey, uh, making mistakes. It also it's set in the <laughs> world of rich people. You know, hey, go listen to rich people's problems. Like the stakes, even if his life is kind of fucked up, his stakes are like, oh shit. Okay, I'm just gonna start my own practice by myself, and people are gonna pay me a shitload of money. I'll still be a psychiatrist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jude Law is fantastic in the film. From oh, he does a fucking great job. I even like his character throughout. I just wish they had. There's so many problems with narratively for me. So many. Give me that some. They just run out of things for him to do. Well, they set up an interesting premise here. If they would have done it the right way. If you start out with us, and I, this gets compared to Hitchcock a lot. Now, if Hitchcock saw this script, he'd rewrite it immediately, obviously. We would know exactly what this plot is with this woman, and we'd be taken on this 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 thriller and this journey from the get-go. We'd watch her try to pull this off without having this stupid fucking surprise that Jude Law just tells the guy about. Oh, yeah, it was just water the whole time halfway through the movie. There goes your mystery. Adios. Bye-bye. Why even care anymore? But I wanted a, a, an evolving thriller mystery where we follow this femme fatale and we just make it a true fucking thriller with, like, something that happens. I don't know, something that happens at the end, like, you know... Somebody gets thrown off a fucking building. I wanted things to escalate and, and turn into like a really big spectacle instead of just her winding up in the same place she was like an hour before, staring outside that window in the same place. Like, what are the consequences here? She's up. Oh, go back there. Okay, now stay because we know. Come on. <laughs> Parlor tricks. It's cheesy. It's like horror horror twists from a horror movie and they're not even done well. I I think you're right about that. I think I actually agree. And I didn't know that I felt that way maybe like two days ago. But I think you're right. Yeah, it kind of sucks. It's, a, it's almost Shyamalan-esque in uh, its twists <laughs> and turns. It is. Um, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I was not engaged with Jude Law's character though. I don't think, and I don't think it was mm. through any lack of his talent mm. as an actor i just felt really disconnected from the character the whole time i just kind of felt like and we're watching him deal with this situation that he's been thrust into but i don't know i just never really found my like i didn't feel like i got to know the character he, i felt really distant from the character um mm. really i felt pretty distant from all the characters mm. he really kept you at arm's length like until that reveal like i was really worried for him like, I was worried about, oh, this is serious. This guy could fucking go to jail and his life's over. He's trying to do the right thing, but, like, the odds are stacked up against him and obstacles are just coming at him one after another. And then after this reveal, he's like, okay, I, I, I'm good. She's crazy. So I'm good. Now I just got to figure out, like, how to prove she's crazy. And I just didn't care about that because he wasn't even in any danger. <laughs> there was no danger. And it was just like, all right, I guess we'll see how it plays out. And I, I did a similar thing when Channing Tatum dies because I feel like, there's this bookending thing that's being set up, but it's actually like the the, the second half of the bookend comes like a third into the movie. And so he dies. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I thought we were going to be building up to this like at the end of the film. And it's like, it kind of felt like the movie was over then in a weird <laughs> way. And yeah. it's only like 25 minutes in or something. Yeah. Oh, that's Gone Girl. Like think, I think a lot about Gone Girl, a film that does it right because we know much earlier what's going on so that we could follow a narrative that, is coherent, makes sense, so that we can adapt to. Here, it's just like, it's too late. We're already checked out. Mm. Mm. Well, I thought that his partners who turn on him quickly, they were like a little extreme. But I guess, I mean, these type of people would have saved their ass no matter what. But I did find it very believable that his patience, as soon as this word gets out about, you know, his client and this 
whoop to do with her that they're all asking him. They're in their own therapy sessions, but you know, there's press outside and they're just asking <laughs> all of their therapy sessions. Hey, how does this relate to me? I'm like, oh my God, that is so true. Cause that's what a lot of those people would do <laughs> if they were, I would probably do the same thing. Like, you think this has anything to do with me? <laughs> well, it is therapy. I mean, it's like, you're literally there just to talk about right. yourself. So if you get to like brush up against fame at the same time, <laughs> I can understand it a little bit. Well, there's good nuggets of quality, like legitimate and entertaining facets of the therapeutic relationship between the, you know, the client and the therapist, but making it that this woman is just acting all the way through for the whole time. It really bums me out now, I think. It really cheapens the film and lessens the value that some people could take out of it, especially 10 years after now in this time and era and our climate that we live in. It would be very a much more meaningful and powerful film that I think would be everlasting if it wasn't just this uh, thriller, twisted, hey, I'm trying gotcha. to screw with every, yeah, gotcha type film where someone's acting out all of these ailments that some people really do have to deal with on a daily mm -hmm. basis. Mm-hmm problem that's the problem right there you nailed it it's trivializing a very serious issue at a pinnacle time 2013 when things were really starting to ramp up and get serious irresponsible and dumb I expected way more from this intelligent filmmaker yeah that's the other part you're right and you said that earlier that it's Soderbergh who you know gloriously and beautifully executed traffic in the world of the drug trade and the complex war on drugs and all the shit that it infiltrates in so many different areas with blue screens and yellow screens. But in this movie, <laughs> you gotta throw that in there. In this movie, he is given a wonderful palette to set up and open our eyes to new ideas, maybe even see ourselves in the movie more than mm -hmm. we thought we would, but then it becomes just a cheap whodunit. And basic instinct too. Yeah. Basic instinct too. <laughs> yes. After all that setup, yeah. basic instinct too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sucks now. I think I'm starting to realize that it sucks. It partners incredibly well with uh, Basic Instinct now that you mention it. It, it. There's a lot of parallels there. And it's uh, even got tawdry sex stuff, just much more conservative for the times. Because we've gotten further and further away from, you know, flashing. And lesbians. Oddly enough, levels. both movies have lesbians. That's weird. Or well, just random yeah. that they're both in. No, that doesn't seem random to me. It seems it seems like exploitive oh, and yeah. and you know just kind of tawdry. Yeah, you know when you said that earlier in the show, I was like, well, I don't know if I. I mean, I don't think it was intentional to make the villains be gay and then look the way they do. But now that you bring up Basic Instinct, it, I think I might be changing my tune on that one. I think you might be right. It's just it's just classic. What do they call it? It's like you know, it's. it's there's, you know, there's all this this queer coding that takes place throughout villainy, throughout film history, and then as it and then as we more and more accepted LGBT people, it's just coming like, okay, well, we're gonna have overt villains that are just so ha just so happen to be gay. And it's like, okay, yeah, um, and that's not the only you know that's not the only problem I have with the movie, but um, it it did stick. It did if, when we have all these. Well, I mean, I've been addressing them, but when we have all these twists and turns, and like one of them ends up being, and they're fucking. And it's like okay, well, at least make me buy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. We can get pissed all the time about really. We're gonna have the teacher sleep with yet another student, mm -hmm. and here we're gonna have yet another woman who's supposed to be a professional sleep with her fucking patient because she bats her eyes. 
It yeah. just is so diluting of the of, of yet another profession that should be taken more seriously and talked about in a more responsible way. <laughs> I don't know that Hollywood has ever done very good with um, mental health professionals on on screen. I mean, Goodwill Hunting jumps out at me <laughs> as Prince of Tides. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I would say Goodwill Hunting was a good representation. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> mixed nuts. Uh, you ever seen nuts? Oh, yeah. I've seen mixed nuts. <laughs> Dick Dreyfus and Barbara yeah. Streisand. Uh, the Antoine Fisher movie. Nuts. Yeah, it's always shitty. It's. I'm telling you, you're right. Hollywood well, good, and Good Will yeah. Hunting's good. Good Will Hunting's good. That's that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's Awakenings. that's and Awakenings. I was trying to think of that one. Yeah, that one's pretty good too. Uh, well, good Will Hunting. Yeah, Awakenings. More of a medical folk. Okay, whatever. It's a, whatever. Hollywood has clearly just violated ethics and boundaries in therapy mm. in almost every movie that's been made in Hollywood. And I'd like to see a continued change in that. I, I need to have an honest update and kind of take a look around and see, oh, how are <laughs> things being viewed the last five to ten years? I'm going to have to check in on that. But this movie's ten years ago, and it yeah. shits the bed in that front. Mm. Yeah, it's sensationalist. And I expect more from Soderbergh. That's what really bothers me. Eric really hit me with that. You're right. A guy that I really respect and is not just your like uh, show up to do a movie type director. I would always think he would put a lot of himself in every movie he makes. Not to say that most directors don't do that, but particularly Soderbergh. And that, I think, makes it more disappointing, Eric. I think you are right. And the worst thing about it, Michael, he doesn't learn his lesson. Because a few years later, he does Unsane, which basically throws a fucking genre book at, at, at mental health yet again. Oh, Steven! There's certainly a lot of good shots of, like, the city and the sky. <laughs> yeah. It's very pretty. <laughs> Beautiful. Gorgeous. Who's the DP? He, whoever it was, that person crushed it. Great job. Fine work. Fine work. Makes it even worse because we've got a capable team with nothing to do. Yeah, All right. but I... Okay, go oh, ahead. Hit it. No, no, I was, I was, I was. I mean, it just seems like we're starting to, we're beating a dead horse here. It seems like we all know how we feel. Shut it down. Well, I think the acting is great in this movie, though. I really do. I loved all the performances, even her stares. I thought her stares were outstanding. I have no problem <laughs> with the performances in this film, even the side characters, the the lawyer who represents her, and uh, that asshole detective. Everybody who's in this film really feels like a character to me that is at the minimum entertaining to me and draws me in. But as I said, I can't say the same thing about the story necessarily. So these people that you're talking about, like I have no recollection of any of them ex except what, for the DA. What is Rooney Mara's character's name? Oh Emily? shit! <laughs> I think that's right. I did not know. Yeah, that. M. I didn't know. Yeah, Emily, you got it. Round of applause. Yeah, uh, Emily I'm Taylor and Martin Taylor. They were the Taylors. Yeah. Dr. Jonathan Banks, Jude Law, and Dr. Victoria Siebert, Catherine Zeta-Jones. And also, the one thing, ang oh, the angle we didn't cover before we wrap this up, is that the pimping of drugs by psychiatrists. You know, Siebert has this drug she wants to pump up and sell. That's a whole other side angle. But there's a wonderful avenue to explore how doctors decide what drugs they will use with their patients, particularly in psychiatry, maybe less so than general medicine, medical practices. And that gets fucked up because it's about this get-rich-quick scam, which yeah. could happen, but there's an avenue to explore about what pills are chosen and why doctors choose them. And there's that one conversation Jude Law and her have when they're at that conference, and that's pretty much all we get out of it. And that's just left dead on the floor. Here's a question that you brought to my mind by getting into some of the really unnecessary complexities of this plot. Is this a film noir? 
<laughs> Feels like it. It's certainly, it's certainly, it's certainly. I think borrows from, from some of that, right? We got the femme fatale. We got femme fatales, really. Um, we've got that kind of convoluted plot. We have the the. It's in the city. Know, yeah, there's the weird relationship with the the um, with the investigator in this case, a psychiatrist, and the subject. That kind of stuff. I didn't didn't occur to me watching it. Didn't occur to me at all until you were talking just now. Uh, we got a we got a murder scheme. Right. I, I did think a little bit about double indemnity while watching it, but I mean, clearly, he doesn't hold a candle no. to it. Um, and and I go back to Jude Law because for me, that's the saving grace. I think I I, I got to say, I was throughout interested in his character, and he did kind of remind me of. Like Hitch's old players, like I was getting Cary Grant vibes, I was getting some Jimmy Stewart vibes, the type of predicament that he, I could totally see somebody like that being put in in the 50s. I just don't like the way they told this story at all. All right, well, uh, I chose the movie, so I'll go first then. Go for it. Side effects, Steven Soderbergh, Jude Law, (laughs) Cleveland, Ohio, you're on the air. Why am I talking like Larry King? Uh, Walla Walla, Washington. Larry King, rest in peace, buddy. Yeah, he's good. If Larry King was in this movie, maybe it would lend its a little bit more realism to it, actually. But I, sure. I, uh, I thought I really dug this. Surprised movie. you didn't interview Banks like at some yeah! point. Hey, what's going on with the scandal? <laughs> Are you saying that you did not give her the proper medication? <laughs> no, I. She, Rooney Mara does a solid job in this role. Uh, she plays when I've seen her on film. Actually, I've seen her, you know, act out. Obviously, she goes apeshit at the end when she's going to be busted and have to spend her life in an institution. But uh, she's very calm in a lot of movies and role. Even in the Girl of the Dragon Tattoo, there's a lot of low key moments with her, and then she gets hyped up for certain moments. Uh, I like her range. I like the way she can turn it on, turn it off. Uh, even her verbal expressions. We made fun of her stares, but she presents some type of energy that at least like gets me thinking. Like, what's going on here? But, you know, Steven Soderbergh, I expect a lot out of him. And Eric's really hit me with this. It's really surprised me. I, I thought I liked this movie more, but upon further review, uh, I think I'm disappointed with side effects. And I think that the opportunity, you don't have to you don't have to save the world with every movie you make. I'm not asking for that. That's not what I'm asking for at all. But if you approach a topic like this based around medicine and mental health and people exploiting the system versus people that need help and the actors within that system and how they navigate it, you didn't need to make it into this whodunit, you know, bullshit story. So I think that really crushes it for me. I love the performances. It looks cool. Uh, I'm entertained enough when I watch it, but does it hold up? No, I don't think it does. Eric? Yeah, I mean, Mike, you've said it all, dude. You said it perfectly, man. Love Steven Soderbergh. Like, uh, I don't know where he's been lately, but he's done enough in his filmography that he cemented himself as one of the great masters. And that's undeniable. And no one can take that away from him. But he gets a script here from Scott Z. Burns. And I forgot to look. I know I know this name. I know I know this name, but I did not bother to look it up. But I guarantee he's impressed us many, many times because I know this name. But here... Uh, he wrote I'm Contagion. My <laughs> oh. <laughs> Didn't he? he wrote Contagion, The Born Ultimatum, The Report. Uh, he's still working. Yeah, he's done some stuff. Oh, uh, oh whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, dude, I didn't care for it here. For many reasons. Like, what? she's clearly a murderer. She just get, gets to go back to her old room at the institution? Like, what, what even is that? I mean, there's just a lot of weird choices here that don't make <laughs> sense. 
It is the fucking Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> And I hate when they make these stupid choices with characters that, that with professions that deserve more. Yeah. I, I'm fucking pissed. I was fucking bored. And, you know, I, I'm glad I revisited because I could have lived my entire life being like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I liked it. But I, I can stand strong and say that this is a huge misfire from a great filmmaker. And movies need to do better when they're flirting with this topic or at least be entertaining and own that shit. This one just doesn't doesn't hold up. Um, you asked where uh, Soderbergh has been. Well, if you want to see a Hitchcockian Soderbergh movie that's recent, um, I talked about when it came out in 2022, Kimmy, is a, it's a modern mm. rear window, which is pretty good. Oh, fuck. Yeah, me. it's pretty good. Oh, is that the one with Zoe, Zoe Kravitz? Uh, yeah, Kravitz? I, I, liked, I liked it quite oh, a bit. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, and then he also did that other movie that was shot here in Detroit last year that was not bad. Oh, yeah. Don, Don I saw Chico that one. Film. Yeah, Amicio Del Toro? Um, yeah, it wasn't bad, but um, it was... It was shot through a fucking apartment of people. <laughs> yeah, that was your yeah. complaint. That's My right. buddy lived in that neighborhood where a lot of it was shot. I remember that. Okay, yeah, sorry. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I I made multiple notes here about that's another really good building shot. Wow, what a great shot of that building in the sky. <laughs> like, there's a lot. Of, that's That was most of my praise for the movie. Uh, now, when it ended, I actually kind of thought, like, okay, I guess maybe it, like, sort of barely holds up. Like, I was kind of, like, wondering what's going on. And maybe if we had recorded when we were supposed to record, I may have been, like, eh, more charitable. But as time went on, like, I forgot everything about this movie. This movie's so forgettable. Uh, <laughs> it's just, um, just, there's just not a lot there to get interested in so yeah I, I gotta say it didn't hold up for me either oh well trash garbage it was yeah it really was yeah. oh, there it is. side effects well hey you know can't win them all i think this is the first movie i can remember in a while where it was a clean sweep in the negative it's been a while you're right it's been a while been a long you guys time. keep track of that stuff uh email the show send them an ipod at gmail.com let us know what you thought or if uh you can remember the last movie where all three mm -hmm. of us agreed we'd love to hear it wow yeah, would. Uh, back to you, Travis. Before we leave, you are in control of the board. Well, it's been a long time since I've picked, or any of us have picked, a horror movie. And we are, of uh, course, entering the spooky season. And I told myself that I was going to pick a classic horror movie and then one of my favorite horror movies before Halloween. But in thinking about it, there's no way in hell that I'm going to have two rotations by Halloween the way we've no, been I mean, going. if we go three weeks in a row, it's possible. It is possible. Well, we got the feast in there, too, so we'll see. Oh, but, yeah. You know, we'll probably I do figured, a fuck episode. it. I'm just going to do two my two horror movies in a row anyways. I'm going to do a classic horror movie, this pick, and then next pick I'll do one of my favorite horror movies, just a little after Halloween. So I want to talk about a horror movie that I have not seen in a very long time. It has spawned an unknown amount of sequels, uh, reboots, a TV show. Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm talking about the other Tom Holland classic. And no, I'm not talking about the MCU Spider-Man actor. I'm talking about the director of the best horror movie ever, Fright Night. In 1988, he also did Child's Play. We're going to go back and watch Child's Play. Oh. Yeah. Child's Play, yeah. See that Chucky doll a lot. Yeah, I might have seen that movie when I was a kid, but I don't remember. You did see it when you were a kid because you saw it with me. Yeah. I will tell you the story next week if you don't remember on your own. Hey, all right, cool. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited. Fuck you, Andy. I'll tell you what, you know, this happens every year on the show. When Halloween rolls around, October rolls around, we, you know, inevitably get pick a couple horror films and 
I don't like horror. People know that about me. I'm not a scary movie guy. But, but you always the ones that, end up liking them anyways. And then you just that's what I was going to say. You always yeah. Like I, the ones that I brought to the table, I mean, The Cabin. Was that was it called The Cabin? What was that one in the, the middle oh, of nowhere? The Witch. The Witch. No, not The Witch. The one at the house and like the people show up and they get attacked. And it's like. Oh, you're next. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. You're next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've liked some of the horror movies. You like The Mist. I did. I liked the witch. I think I liked yeah. the witch. The You'd like the witch very much. I hated the kid, but I lo- no. Actually, I said that kid acted really kid. well. That's right. Kid. That kid could act. God damn. <laughs> all right, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> Woo! Okay, well, next week uh, we're gonna do Child's Play, a classic film, supposedly. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. 1988. Been a while since we the 80s. All right. Well, there it is. Great to be here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Always appreciate your support. If there's something we can do for you, let us know. Cinema iPod at gmail.com. Five-star review. Subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. Eric, Mike, Travis. Bye-bye. Jude Law, British comment. <laughs>